0: Who is it, man? It's
1: Dave, man.
0: Dave? Dave's not here, man. No, man. I'm Dave. Oh, audio (laughs) Dave. Oh, he is here. hey. Hey, come on in. (laughs) Uh, Oh, man. It's our own little Cheech and Chong reference. You know why, kids? Why? Because today is April 20th, 420, if you will. And while, I'll be honest, I don't really partake. But... uh, (laughs) I love I love the day and I love the humor and Chichin and Chong is my favorite style of uh, of Absolutely. that kind of humor. Absolutely, Shall we get...
1: that's some heavy stuff, <laughs> man. It is.
0: <laughs> hey, man, am I driving okay? I think we're parked, man. <laughs> All right, we have a what show a to holiday. Do. <sighs>
2: okay, but moving on. Now
0: I want a brownie. Anyway, if you if you get it, you get it. If you don't, don't worry about it. Happy April twentieth, yep. everyone. I'm Eric Paulson. I'm Audio Dave. And I'm Susan Foch. And welcome to another episode of The Cabin. This is episode 66. And uh, today, it's just the three of us for the first time in, well, ever. Ever. I guess. Yeah. Wild. yeah. <laughs> so we're going to we're gonna be a trio over here. And um, hey, go easy on us, all right?
2: We're it's trying our best out here. All. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, today, one of the things we're going to be talking about, well, the thing we're going to be talking about is famous Wisconsin inventions, and you won't believe how much stuff you know you like, you love, you use, was invented in our fair state. The Cabin is brought to you by the Wisconsin Counties Association, and this week we're featuring Taylor County, which has been described Mm. as a nature lover's dream. Right in the middle of Wisconsin, a little bit northwest, if you will, it's heavily forested with an abundance of rivers, streams, lakes, ponds, and wetlands, and a bounty of wildlife. In fact, it straddles a divide between three major river systems in the state. The Jump River and the Yellow flow west into the Chippewa River Valley. The Big Rib River, that's hard to say, flows southeast (laughs) to the Wisconsin River, and the Black River flows out to the south. All of them eventually feed the Mississippi, but they all go their meandering ways before they do it medford is the county seat famously home to tombstone frozen pizzas Mm. Mm -hmm.
1: that's my favorite
0: inspired (laughs) by the tombstone tap which was a bar a tavern across the street from a cemetery that's how that all happened uh joe pep simek invented them and of course then uh, there's a reason there's pep's pizza it's because he Mm -hmm. invented that also uh and uh famous psychic and astrologer Jean dixon she was born in medford Mm -hmm. grew up elsewhere if you will And uh, Taylor County, of course, there's a lot of trails from the old logging routes and railroad tracks. And the longest continuous segment of the biggest trail of them all in Wisconsin, and that's the Ice Age National Scenic Trail, which is like 1,100 miles (laughs) in its entirety. (laughs) And if you love driving the rustic roads, which are gorgeous, rustic road number one, numero uno, the first designed or designated such road in this state, which was in 1975, is in Taylor County in the town of Rib Lake. They're big on ribs in Taylor County. And uh, you can access that off of Highway 102. So head up there and have some fun in Taylor
1: County. I wonder how they got the, the first number
0: of highway. It's a very rustic county. They probably had a great argument for being the first rustic road location.
1: Well, well I think
2: we'll learn about that in today's yeah, episode, was, won't we?
1: They called out a tease in the business. <laughs> Quit stealing my lines. Let like this right. match. Let's go. Okay. So, as Eric mentioned, uh, and as we've found out through our famous People of Wisconsin episodes and uh, our early Made in Wisconsin episodes, uh, we now know that Wisconsin is known for being the birthplace of a lot of things, events, and people who make the world amazing and that we can't live without. Uh, So today we're actually taking a deep dive into some more things that were invented right here in this state and how those inventions came to be. So, Eric, you want to take it away?
0: Yeah, I'll start with uh, my my road trip love. And, um, Mm. yes, because of my state trunk tour site and some other stuff I like to work on. And uh, Wisconsin was the first place. And this won't be the most fascinating one of the inventions, by the way. I'm just giving you a nice little appetizer. If you've ever driven (laughs) a highway with a number on it, Wisconsin was the first place to ever do that. First governmental entity to develop a numbered road system, of course, now that's used all over the world. Uh, that came about in 1917. Michigan copied us immediately the following year. Oh. And uh, what's ironic is we're one of the few states where our county highways are letters. So, but uh, yeah, really? driving on a numbered highway, we were pioneers in that. And that was only a few short years after the invention of the speedometer, which took mm-hmm. place down in Beloit. And if you're on highway number 81 on your way into the city off the interstate, there's actually a historical marker. That talks more about that, but uh, mm. yeah, pioneers in uh, driving and aviation and measuring how fast you were going—definitely a Wisconsin uh, invention. That's
2: things pretty crazy. Things I never knew.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> there were a lot, hey. of, a lot of things on these lists that I was doing the research and just yeah, had no idea. Yeah, it's amazing. So.
0: And by the way, uh, there, it doesn't work if a cop pulls you over for speeding and you say, "Officer, I paid for the whole speedometer. I'm going to use the whole speedometer."
2: <laughs> was that a, an attempt that you made with a cop, Eric?
1: Yeah, that's how I got my last ticket. Near my just room. just making sure it, it goes up all the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, I've never got to gotten it out. to
2: the end. I wanted to figure it out.
1: <laughs> never buried the needle, Susan.
2: <laughs> no, that's what we have to tell them. Be like, I just want. I've never been to the end of the needle. I Starts to, to
0: shudder on 115 miles an hour. Just so
1: you know. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want to hear about the supercomputer?
2: I would love to hear about the supercomputer.
1: Because that was—is
0: is this going to process quickly?
1: Very quickly, All right. super quickly. Uh, the supercomputer was actually invented in Chippewa Falls by a man named Seymour Cray when he made the the Cray One, which was this massive device, eight and a half feet wide, six and a half feet tall. It contained 60 million miles of wires, which That's is crazy. I, I did the That's math cray-cray. for you. That's that's pretty cray-cray. I did the math for you, and that is enough to go around the Earth 2,400 times. And something crazier about that is I was trying to figure out, okay, what is the, the capabilities of this supercomputer compared to what we're carrying around in our pockets today? And I found that an iPhone 5S, so this isn't the most up-to-date stat can basically perform roughly a thousand times more operations per second than that original supercomputer. So oh. all of those wires are now gone, and we are still way faster <laughs> than his supercomputer. Uh, this supercomputer that he invented was mostly used for scientific uses, you know, trying to calculate the, the weight limits of bridges and stuff like that. But Strangely enough, it was also used, this model was actually used to help render the CGI for the first Tron movie in 1982, which mm-hmm. is pretty, pretty awesome.
0: And CGI was brand spanking new at that time.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: So, and there's yeah. a Seymour Cray Boulevard in Chippewa Falls for that very reason.
1: Mm-hmm. And, it's
2: uh, crazy yeah. to think how fast all of these like adaptions go. So we started with the yeah. supercomputer. Now we all have a rectangle in our pockets. It's faster. <laughs> That's
1: crazy. Yep. Pretty
2: wild. Oh my gosh. Well, speaking of education, uh, we get to take it back to 1856 because kindergarten was established in Wisconsin in Watertown, thanks to a fun lady named Margaret Meyer Schertz, hope I pronounced that right, um, who originally was, if you know the root of the word kindergarten, she was from Germany, came over to Wisconsin, and uh, really was just someone who was very progressive, uh, socially speaking, and wanted to have more education set for younger children, and they specifically named it Kindergarten, which I believe she only started with five students in that schoolhouse, which I believe you can still visit in Watertown. Yes, you correct, can. Eric? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the, uh, the first children's garden, if you will, is mm-hmm. actually right behind the famous Octagon House in Watertown. And don't worry if you go visit there, plenty of signs will point you there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. But it's funny. Uh, so Kinder if you look at the German root of the word, means children and then garden means garden. And that was named because her father always compared children to the plants and then the teacher as the gardener who helped them grow and bloom. Oh. Hence Aww. the garden of children. Yeah. It's not that plants like, cute. and
0: they just sat there and didn't go anywhere.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Have you met a five-year-old? They're so that's, rambunctious. That's another
0: 420 reference. That's very true. They do not stop.
2: <laughs> oh, They're just
0: bundles of energy.
2: I missed the 420 reference. Okay. <laughs> all right
0: (laughs) but yeah children's garden yeah i guess Mm -hmm. but you have to water and nourish them Mm -hmm. or else they won't grow Yep, that's very true
2: (laughs) all right little candy won't hurt either (laughs)
0: that's the problem when you give them gummy worms then they really have a lot of energy for
2: like 20 minutes and then they crash
0: (laughs) exactly uh i'm gonna go to racine for a couple of inventions in a row here racine is an incredibly crafty city uh first of all the garbage disposal was invented in racine (laughs) <laughs> There's a reason Syncorator is located there. Um people as a
1: kid growing up listening to boy bands, I always had this like funny idea that I would flip that switch and hear bye bye bye. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs>
0: <sighs> <sighs> Do they have garbage disposals for comedy lines? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, if they did, they use them on me a lot more. Um so yeah, that was invented in Racine. And then um on a more delicious note, malted milk was invented in Racine. Makes sense it would be invented in the dairy state. William Horlick was the first guy who invented malted milk and sold it. And There's a high school named in his honor thanks to that. And I don't know if they're selling malted milk in the school, but they ought Hmm. Just for him. And actually, uh, out of malted milk. See, inventions breed more inventions usually. That's why cities like to have clusters of creative people that feed off each other because then they invent new things. So after malted milk came along... Well, you could make malted milkshakes, but what do you need to make a malted milkshake? A blender. A uh, blender. Right. So somebody had to invent a blender. And Audio uh-huh. Dave, you're the one who, you you gave me the heads up to this. So I'll let you mm-hmm. share the story.
1: Yeah. So it was invented by Stephen Poplowski. Yeah. Basically, the blender was invented to sell to these soda shop owners that were making all of these malted milkshakes for their customers just to make their lives easier and apparently it was the experimentation of the employees at these shops that said hey fruit works really well in here and kind of led to them experimenting and using the blender for more things and it hey the man what else can we just,
0: pulverize in this thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> it's like those videos will it blend do you remember those no, Ooh, no. But I had I, had I'm this, intrigued. I have this strange memory. I don't remember what type of blender it was, but their whole viral marketing was to just take random everyday objects. Like I remember an iPhone episode, and they would just put them in these blenders and see if it would blend. Uh, oh my God. Anyway, the side of an track. iPhone
0: shake. What do you?
2: I mean, yeah. I like okay. that there is every corner of the internet.
1: <laughs> Wild. It's like the hydraulic press videos. It's just so satisfying to watch.
2: Mm-hmm. Ooh, or like the ones with like a hot soldering iron, and you just watch videos of them cutting things open. Yep. So satisfying.
1: Industry, I tell anyway. you. I think we're getting <laughs> off on a tangent here, kids. So yes, sorry. we are. All right. So that design was eventually sold to the owner of Hamilton Beach, also based in Racine. So everything's just from Wisconsin in the I blender so. world.
0: Yeah, the garbage disposal, malted milk, and the blender. So basically, out at had a soda fountain shop, Almost everything you really needed was invented in Racine, so.
1: Yeah. Nice. Pretty wild. Crazy.
0: All right. All uh, right.
1: I was just going to touch on some biochemistry stuff, since I actually have a background in biochemistry. I learned about all the fun inventions that came out of uh, UW-Madison and the rest of the UW system. We have their department to thank for they really pioneered mass penicillin production, which made the infection controlling drug widely available and affordable, which was huge. Uh, They also came up with the method for storing mammalian sperm, which sparked the artificial insemination industry. Uh, And they also (laughs) synthesized a gene for the first time, which was at the time in 1970, an achievement that was likened to the splitting of an atom. So pretty huge discoveries coming out of the biochemistry field.
0: They actually invented uh, warfarin, the the drug that helps prevent blood clots. Mm Mm-hmm. At wisconsin too they also call it coumadin but uh yeah a lot of valuable and synthesizing vitamins all kinds of crazy stuff out of the uw in biochemistry and uh dave you you took that class and i took high school chemistry and said i'm not doing it in college (laughs) so kudos to you for yep you probably know a lot more of that about that than the average person
1: That's that's probably true
2: that was definitely my fun fact of the week was actually learning that you majored in biochem
1: yep. <laughs> in college. Look where it got me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you're an audio chemist. Never mind. That was yep. a bad joke. All
0: right. Hey, no, Nailed that's it.
1: actually, you know what? That's a great <laughs> title. Audio chemist. Audio chemist. All right. All I'm right. I'm going to have to throw all your... my business cards. Perfect. You're big on change compounds.
2: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my next invention also kind of would fit a little bit in the school realm. So the typewriter was invented in Milwaukee in 1873. And this particular variation of the typewriter hmm. is called the Scholes and Glidden typewriter because it was the first commercial one that used the, um, I think it's the quirky or quirky Quir- keyboard. Quir- keyboard (laughs) Keyboard? uh which obviously we still know today and it was really funny they said the uh the first actual like photo of the typewriter looked something between a piano and a kitchen table because obviously it was much (laughs) much larger um also at that point too i would like to point out that the patent that they got for it was twelve thousand dollars in 1873 which what a chunk of change that's yeah. a
0: bit in eighteen seventy three dollars. That was a lot of money.
2: That was a lot of money. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but no, and then obviously that is like the variation of the typewriter that we've seen evolve today. So very wild in Milwaukee.
0: I know he actually started inventing it back in eighteen sixty seven. Mm. That's when he really. That's what the historic marker says. Where he invented mm-hmm. the typewriter in downtown Milwaukee is where the Milwaukee um, Auditorium currently sits. Ooh. Right across uh, oh. from Pfizer Forum and that whole area, so it's pretty cool. And uh, Susan, do you know why there are we have QWERTY keyboards?
1: I was actually going to ask it. about that.
0: I mean, keyboards can be in any order nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. Well, back in the day, and I know this because we had a, like a typewriter from like the 1940s in my house when I was growing up, <laughs> and it, they had the big keys, ka-chunk, ka ka-chunk, ka-chunk <laughs> and God forbid you misspell a word because then you got to oh, yeah. do the little whiteout stuff and all that over it. But all the different letters had a separate key, a little metal key that would, f- you know, when you hit the button, hit the key for it, it would fly up and hit the paper and leave the letter on there. Mm-hmm. Well, what they did is the reason they spaced the keyboard out the way it did was they figured which ones are the most commonly used letters. And they spaced those out on the keyboard as far apart as possible to minimize how often keys would, s- would hit each other or stick to each other.
1: Oh, okay. Oh. So you weren't using keys next to each other very often.
0: Right. It's, it minimized the possibility of the keys yeah, banging in. Hmm. And so you know, that's why cues all the way over to one side and all that kind of stuff. Now, I don't know how, I mean, it was a scientific study of the letters, I guess. And so many people now are used to typing on typewriters that way. And so when they started with word processors and stuff like that, they've just kept the keyboard the same way ever since. So it's it's I a, it's a legacy of the mechanical typewriter, even though, and but now a, a typewriter keyboard that went straight A through Z would look so weird to us.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would not know how to function <laughs> so, with that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That is very fascinating. Nice. And on that note, Eric, I'm going to kick it back to you.
0: All right, let's get into motors and engines and things like that. Now, the outboard motor was invented famously in Wisconsin. We did cover that in an earlier episode. Was it famous Wisconsin people? I'm not sure which one. We made sixty six of these. Oh, made in Wisconsin. Yes. Yeah. Um, by Oli Evanrude, the famous story about rowing across a lake and getting impatient on a hot day because of an ice cream cone, and so he went <laughs> ahead and invented the motor, the outboard motor, to speed up the boat, and that's why we had, you know, had Evanrud here and Mercury Marine and Fond du Lac and all these companies. Uh, but also outside, when it gets really cold and there's snow all over the ground. How do you want to get around, especially when you're up north, where the lake effect is going on? By? Snowmobile. There you go. I'm glad it was in the notes. Uh, <laughs> so the snowmobile was invented around 1924 or so. Carl Eliasson, I believe was his name, up around Saner, St. Germain in that area. Uh, and if you want to see the very first snowmobile, there is a museum. The Vilas County uh, Snowmobile Museum is up there on Highway 155, just south of Sainter. You can see the very first patented snowmobile. And then the Snowmobiling Hall of Fame is on Highway 70 near St. Germain, right near there. And uh, just the whole history of snowmobiles and how they work and how fast they can go now versus then and everything uh really really fascinating but another great wisconsin invention to help us get around and speaking of one more uh motor slash engine invention Mm -hmm. if you've ever used four-wheel drive that was pioneered in clintonville wisconsin Hmm. and there's a museum for that too the fwd four-wheel drive museum a little bit east of downtown if you visit that, it'll take you through that whole history of the engineering and the technology behind what's become very, uh, very important for us to get around, whether it's military vehicles or us whenever it snows. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> key things: outboard motor, snowmobile, and four-wheel drive to cover the getting-around part of inventions in Wisconsin.
2: Very wow. nice. Well, didn't we, Eric, also invent water skiing? I'm like, yes, we
0: did. Yeah. Well, I guess if you're behind a boat with an outboard motor, too, boy, see see how these things double up on each other? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we did mention that in an earlier episode, too. Um, I
2: think when we highlighted Pepin County for County of the Week. Yeah,
0: yeah. Ralph mm-hmm. Samuelson, I believe, 1922 or so. The 1920s were a very inventive time in this state. Yeah. Uh, so he, he pioneered water skiing and showed it off on the Mississippi River, where it's naturally very wide at Lake Pepin. So he was between Wisconsin and Minnesota. And I know Minnesota wants to lay claim to it too, but we we will. Minnesota. (laughs) Right? As if.
1: All right. Well, from one of my backgrounds to another of my backgrounds, (laughs) um, I, I had some recording and music industry inventions come up while I was researching. Of course, we mentioned that Les Paul in Waukesha invented the first electric guitar that we talked about that in our Made in Wisconsin episode. Mm-hmm. He also invented the eight-track recorder, the multi-track recording. He kind of uh, worked with a company to create the first one based on his needs and specifications. And those recording principles are still used in recording studios today. We're doing it right now. We're all recording on separate <laughs> tracks that I can turn up and down later, and that I'll stemmed from the fact that you could fit multiple recordings on one strip of magnetic tape. Hmm. So um, we also wouldn't be podcasting the same without this next invention, the stereo headphones, uh, which came out of Milwaukee in 1958 by John C. Koss. They were essentially nothing more than little tiny speakers with some cardboard and sofa foam on them. But it was the first time that, first of all, that there was stereo different left and mm-hmm. right. It was also the first time that anything like that was invented for pleasure, for the, listening to music. All of headphones before that were basically just for communications and broadcasters and stuff like that. So, Yeah, I mean,
0: headphones themselves go back a long, long, long way before mm-hmm. that. But actual comfortable stereo headphones, primarily yeah. for music listening especially, yeah, that's, that was a whole new deal. First model was the Koss SP-3. Hmm.
2: Very interesting.
0: Yeah, actually, their headquarters, right by I-43, there's a billboard right above Koss's headquarters. They always have creative sayings on there. Oh, cool. So uh, whenever Ooh. you're driving by, make sure you take a look.
1: Yeah, I didn't even know their headquarters were here. Mm-hmm.
0: Might have yeah, they're to go still here.
1: Take a tour or something if they do those. They do. Nice. Got, I
0: mean, you got arrangements. It's not like they're on the hour when you show up, but if you give them a holler. Actually, you and I, maybe we could do that. We both We're both audio geeks. I'd be very into that.
2: Awesome. Well, guys, okay, we've made a lot of jokes about 420 today, but do you know what's in two more days on April 22nd? I don't remember that,
0: man. No, I'm just kidding.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But anybody? Do we know what's on Thursday?
0: What's on Thursday? The 22nd. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Earth Day. Earth Day. Day.
2: Thank you, Audio Dave. Yes, we (laughs) actually have Wisconsin to thank for Earth Day. Mm -hmm. Um, Primarily, I don't have a city associated with this because it's a person, which was a former senator uh, and governor, actually, Gaylord Nelson. And he founded Earth Day in April of 1970 because before the 1970s as we I'm sure know, it's completely legal for factories to spew like the big black clouds of smoke and dump a bunch of toxic waste in any nearby stream or water because we had no EPA, no Clean Air Act. This won't come back to bite us. It's fine. We'll just dump all the chemicals in the water. We don't drink it or anything. Uh, Yeah, there's no Clean Water Act, no Clean Air Act. Um, And so in order to start regulating that and protecting the environment, he enacted Earth Day, which obviously we are still celebrating today. So we even have Wisconsin and I thank for that how exciting
0: Mm -hmm. yeah back in the day we used to dump pollutants and waste into the water and then get sick when we drank the water we're like well this is a baffling situation (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and and part of that really with the with the legacy of Gaylord Nelson uh, is part of you know Aldo Leopold too I mean just the natural
2: Mm -hmm. respecting
0: the natural world and learning more about it that's a that's a very Wisconsin thing too absolutely Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah all right well let's let's go to a sweet treat and uh well, let's go to let's go to a sweet treat for each side of your body. How about if you do this? Um, <laughs> I say it because one invention well, I'm talking about is the ice cream sundae, which uh was invented in two rivers way back mm-hmm. when, uh, in a place now called the historic Washington House, which uh is a great place to go to see the history of the ice cream sundae and to enjoy one. They have a bunch of cedar crust ice cream and all the toppings and all the fixins. It's wonderful. Uh, But a guy used to always want, uh, at at an ice cream parlor, he'd always want some chocolate sauce on it. And they only used to serve this little treat on Sundays. Mm -hmm. They were nickel. Mm -hmm. And one day a little girl walked in, I think she was 10, uh, and asked the guy if if she could have some ice cream with that stuff on top, some chocolate sauce and maybe a cherry. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, you you know, it's not Sunday. And she said, well, can't we pretend it's Sunday? (laughs) <laughs> and he thought, yeah, why can't we? So basically, they started calling it, why it became spelled S A S U I'm not sure, but they started calling it the Ice Cream Sunday. whenever they would put any sort of sweet topping on top of the ice cream. So today, when you enjoy your Ice Cream Sunday, you can thank a little girl and an ice cream man in two rivers.
1: Yeah, I heard the story of why it was only served on Sundays was because it was wasn't it like at soda shops that they would make it and Mm -hmm. they would use the syrup from the soda? um, And that was just like difficult for them to do on a daily basis stock-wise or something like that.
0: I hadn't heard that, but it makes
1: sense. Yeah.
2: I like that the explanation of can't we just pretend it was Sunday was literally someone just getting suckered by like a 10-year-old girl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, kids
0: tend to think more purely and bluntly sometimes, right? Yeah. Because growing up so much stuff is in our heads. We... You know yeah. kids are like why mm-hmm. can't we do this and then you realize you're like yeah why can't we you know, yeah so. We
1: so can't it's refreshing to have children around you know the old why game yeah exactly <laughs> well the why part gets a little old after a wait while. why <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the other part of this sweet, sweet treat, treat. For- oh the other part of the sweet
0: treat for your body <laughs> let's go to the uh one of the other ends <sighs> and uh splinter free toilet paper was invented in wisconsin now Toilet paper dates back to 1391 in China. Wow. Mm. But we didn't have soft things back then. I mean, we (laughs) wore burlap clothing for crying out loud. Uh, Toilet paper like we use today was invented by the Scott Paper Company in Philadelphia in 1879. Now, in their simple process of making it, Scott and the other companies, um, because, of course, it comes from trees originally, and guess what Mm. happens? Small splinters... Can make it into that packaged product, and you know, that was just a consequence of having toilet paper, right? Uh, so imagine you got to play. (laughs) Imagine you're doing a little wipe wipe, and then you get a splinter in your Uh, keister, yeah. Oh, thank you. Why are you sitting down today, Sid? Ah, splinter. How (laughs) don't worry about it. (laughs) Well, Wisconsin to the rescue in 1953. Thank goodness, northern (laughs) tissue and used a process called linenizing to make toilet paper softer and splinter-free. So inventing a better mousetrap, something we're all looking to do. And uh, boy, th- this was certainly a welcome change. And it was yeah. only the early 50s. I mean... That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, people started smiling in pictures a lot more after 1953 for a reason. So, <laughs> That's
1: Well, I why. mean,
2: they got more clean water and then had an easier bathroom experience. Just They got
0: ice cream Sundays and no splinters yeah. down there. Great Perfect. for the
2: human body. Exactly. <laughs> the <laughs> 1950s. Thanks to Wisconsin. All right. Eric, do we have any fun extra that we want to kind of wrap up in a really quick little Wisconsin in 72?
0: Well, um, you know, you, you put a few things in here, uh, like the telephone answering machine, which I, I'd heard, oh, but no, I'd forgotten about. Oh, yeah. And they called it mm. the Electric Secretary, mm-hmm. <laughs> which sounds like a band name. Yeah.
2: It could be a band name.
0: <laughs> Electronic no, That was secretary. invented in Milwaukee back in 1949. And yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you never thought people had answering machines before, say, the 70s. But, you know, the technology for that really does date back to really just after World War II. Yeah. Revolutionized mm. the office, right? Mm-hmm. Any others we want to highlight?
1: Yeah, just go through the others that came up in our research. I don't know if I want to put it to music, but I could just rattle through some. Go for it. Okay. Let's rattle. So we talked about the highway numbering system. Uh, another big one that made a big splash in the agricultural field was uh, the knotter, which was basically a way of binding hay bales using twine rather than wire. And that's still used in some capacity today. Uh, Also in that field, the round Hmm. silo was invented in Wisconsin. Farmers were having trouble with like air bubbles and stuff like that and getting the feed to last through the winter. And so they um, came up with the round square silos. Yeah. Uh, okay. They came up with the round silo that we all see at farms in 1910. Um, well, I would have thought that would have dated back centuries. Yeah. The
0: round silo makes so much sense. But, mm-hmm. hmm, okay.
1: A big thing in the meteorology field, the spin scan camera, which basically allows satellites to focus on an area for a time and kind of plot courses of weather events. That all came mm-hmm. out of Wisconsin, I believe. It was a man called Dr. Werner Suomi, based out of UW Madison, the automatic clothes dryer out of Two Rivers in 1935. And I think the most recent one that came up on the list was the TurboTap, which, if you are enjoying shorter lines at ball games or crowded bars, you can thank the inventor of the TurboTap in 2004, which allowed. Is that
0: the one where the beer fills in from the bottom?
1: Yep. And allows oh, allows you know. to pour okay. a pint in like four or five seconds with just the right amount of foam on the top. That was mm-hmm. someone I think out of UW Madison. I'm not sure about that, but I think it was like a, a student who was in line at a bar watching them fill up these pitchers and it take forever. And he was like, "There's got to be a better way."
2: That would be a Wisconsin invention, mm-hmm. boy. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> I I
0: didn't know, but it's welcome. It's welcome news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pleases my soul to know that was invented here. Uh, yeah, the trick is you yeah, got to have the special cups and everything with the bottom. But boy, that really does. Yeah, it's it's because you, you can really wreck a beer by having a bad pour, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, sure. th- that really does uh, solve the problem. Now, not enough. Bar- some bars have it, not a, not a ton yet. Yeah, I would think that would be the future.
1: You know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think I th- saw that it's it's pretty mainstay at like baseball stadiums and stuff like that who are just mm-hmm. kind of pumping out pints
2: that makes sense so thanks like wisconsin. mass production
1: of beer pints yes yeah, it's...
2: yeah. <laughs> i mean there's so much on this list that we have to thank wisconsin for which is exciting
0: mm-hmm. and you know back in 1899 they were saying almost everything that could possibly be invented has been invented wow you see how wrong that was there are still a now. ton of cool things that can be invented so if you're if you're of that mind, the entrepreneurial, creative, inventive mind, and you're in Wisconsin, you're in a good spot to come up with some one of the next cool things.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So
0: keep working. Keep experimenting. Yeah. Stay in school. In fact, we'd are. love to hear about what you're working on. <laughs> so and stay in school, kids. Yes. <laughs> Our Around the campfire page, if you have a cool invention, share it with us on there. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. And if, by the way, if you're wondering why we didn't mention some other fun Wisconsin products like Carmex Chapstick, Kohler Kitchen and Bath, um, Harley Davidson's, check back to our old episode, episode seven uh, from March of 2020. That was called Made in Wisconsin. Yeah.
0: Gosh, remember those days, Dave? The before times. We were sitting (laughs) so closely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's right before we had to, yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. All
0: right. Well, The Cabin uh, is brought to you by Wisconsin's oldest and first RV dealership, which is Wisconsin RV World. RVs weren't invented in Wisconsin, but let's face it, (laughs) they're better here. As the state starts (laughs) slowly opening up, more people are getting vaccinated, still wanting to stay a little socially distanced and cautious. Some are like that all the time, and I get that. Sometimes when you're on the road, you like your own little space all the time, right? Getting an RV and hitting the road with the family is a wonderful option. You got your space. You can control your cleanliness level, cook your own meals, have a little dining space outside or inside. You get takeout from a local restaurant, and it starts raining. Boom, you got a nice place inside to enjoy that meal safely. And you could still be adventurous with an RV. You should see all the places we went with an RV in our episode when we were up in Turtle Lake. It was amazing to me (laughs) where we were able to bring that thing. To get your own RV for the family and start shopping now, head to wisconsinrvworld.com. And remember, if it doesn't say Wisconsin, it's just another RV dealer.
2: All right, guys, it's time for the review of the week by our friend Sue Perry, who says, I've been a huge fan of Discover Wisconsin for years. Your podcasts are fun to listen to and really bring light to the hidden gems of Wisconsin. We try. Dave. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: we have a lot more comments on our hidden gems, which is exciting for me. Anyway, she says, thank you for the wonderful getaway ideas and all of the laughs. Once again, we try.
1: <laughs> thank you, Sue. Thank you, Susan. (laughs) Sue and Susan. Yes, thank
2: you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Ms.
0: Perry, however you want to say it. All right, as we continue to enjoy the spring weather, which has been up and down, but boy, when it's nice, it's really gorgeous, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Next week, we're going to talk about one of the best spring activities you can do, biking with a competitive cycler right here on the Discover Media Works crew. So you know it'll be a great conversation about how to get outside and see Wisconsin on those two wheels.
2: Today's episode of The Cabin was hosted by Eric Paulson, Dave Janis, and me, Susan Foch. Produced by me, Audio Dave, with video editing by Andrew Natvig and social media by me and Abby Stecker. The Cabin is a production brought to you by Discover MediaWorks. To learn more, head to discovermediaworks.com, and don't forget to leave us a review.
0: And here's this week's installment of Know Your Wisconsin. In today's world, More and more companies and consumers are looking to reduce or eliminate their use of plastic. And paper manufacturers are stepping up to provide alternative, sustainable fiber-based solutions.
1: Force products have a unique environmental advantage. So not only are we using natural resources properly and appropriately in order to manufacture the products, but they have a very good end of life story. So a fiber-based package is going to give you that compostable, that recyclable, that that decomposing type of a material, as opposed to maybe a non-renewable package, such as a plastic or a film-based package. So it really has a whole life cycle that's a positive end of you story.
0: Allstrom Moose Joe is a specialty paper manufacturer with 8,000 employees and 45 plants worldwide. Here in their Kokana facility, they produce fiber-based products like food packaging and paper to support the manufacturing of construction materials, such as siding, insulation, and other home building products. One of the cornerstones of their philosophy is that sustainable products start with sustainable
1: forestry. Forestry uh, in Wisconsin in particular is a very renewable resource. Uh, We grow more trees than we harvest on an annual basis almost by uh, one and a half times. Sustainable forestry means to me that um, the whole process is being done in the correct way. I take the most pride in making sure that uh, our logging contractors and and the folks that we're buying our wood from are doing the things that they should be doing out in the woods, doing everything sustainably, just making sure that everything from the stump to the mill is done in the right way. We are so fortunate to have paper plants right here in the state of Wisconsin because we actually live and work right here in our wood basket. Forest products are a part of everything we do, and we use all parts of the tree. So whether it's actually making that end-use paper product to helping fuel our plants, sustainable forestry is really a part of everything we do here.
0: And now you know you're Wisconsin.